Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, what's poppin'? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air. Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. As always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at the people, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we got a lot in store for you today. Rapid Fire. 10 your week four preview news and notes that you can use if you're looking for us on the social media sites you can join us at facebook on the fantasy football fiend f-e-i-n fantasy football fiend family facebook group on ig family football fiend again f-e-i-n if you need to get any information to us promos advertising anything like that fantasy football fiend at gmail.com now let's go right ahead and hop into your news And now your fantasy news. All righty. So we got quite a bit of news. First up, quarterbacks. We have several that are either on demand or coming back from it. Miami quarterback Tua Tungvaloa is having a back issue. He did say that he plans to play in Thursday's game against Cincinnati, though he's officially listed as questionable on the final injury report for Thursday's game. Keep it moving. Pump my brakes. So keep it moving for me. Keep it moving. You got the Saints quarterback, Jameis Winston. He's having back and ankle issues. I know he had small fractures in his back, which don't seem very comfortable. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Is this just a veteran's preference type of a deal, or do I need to pump my brakes for a second here? Pump brakes uh, real quick. I would watch this. This is a London game, correct? Yeah, so that means it's going to be coming on 9 a.m. Set your lineup Saturday. All right, so you never know if something flared up or whatever due to travel. You know, things of that nature be on that plane for those many hours or whatever. True. I never thought about that. That's all a right. hell of a point. Right. Andy Dalton did take all the first team reps. Um, mm. I, I would watch tomorrow's practice to see. Also, Taysom Hill took all the second reps. So this is something very I would watch if you or a Taysom Hill owner. If Andy Dawes is a starter, I would love to play him at that tight end role. But this is definitely something to watch, though. You have the Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, who is going to be coming back from a knee injury. He was a full practice participant on today. So he says that he is 100% ready to go. Pump my brakes or keep it moving. I'm going to say pump the brakes just on one thing I want to say about that. Not really about the quarterback per se. If you are a Garrett Wilson owner, guys, you may want to like watch this thing first before you feel confident about playing him with Zach Wilson. Would you possibly trade Wilson on the chance that he's only going to produce this year with Flacco and not with Zach? Not, I mean, he's a talent. We can't take his talent away from him, no matter who's throwing the ball. But I do think that it's a difference because, you know, Flacco is more of a gunslinger. Yeah. Know, I think he just fits his skill set a lot better. In so. Wilson even stated, you know, yeah, I'm a much better wide receiver when Flacco's my quarterback. So. Right. So I probably would sell him. 
Okay, we're on the same page then. Moving on to wide receivers, you got Julio Jones, who had a limited practice on Wednesday. Pump my brakes and keep it moving. Keep it moving. His teammate, Chris Godwin, returned as well to a limited practice on Wednesday. Move along. Uh-huh. Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro, who had a concussion, remained sidelined on Wednesday, so he's still progressing through concussion protocol. Are we thinking that this is going to be a one of those things where when we get to Sunday, he's good to go, or you might want to go ahead and pick Pick up Mac Hollins if you're a Hunter Renfro owner, or even if you aren't. I think you should have Mac Hollins anyway. Okay. I don't think Renfro's my he might not even play this week, but they don't even play the same position, do they? Don't they Mac? don't, but, right. but Mac, Mac is the other outside receiver. Renfro <laughs> is the slot receiver. Right. But he got a hell of a lot more targets when Mac was out. So For I mean, sure. excuse me, when Renfro was out. For sure. You got Packers wide receiver Christian Watson. Hamstring injury. He was limited in practice on today. He's attempting to come back. I don't know if Dobbs may be taking his he may not have the opportunity to build that relationship, if you will, with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a very particular dude as it pertains to, you know, knowing where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, knowing exactly what you're going to do on the various option routes and things of that nature. So this news isn't anything new per se, but hamstrings and growings tend to linger. And when you're a rookie and you really didn't get much in in the offseason, as is due to hamstring, this is becoming very concerning for his rookie year as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, man, move along. I don't think there's nothing to see here. You got the Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers, who had a knee issue, who was limited in practice. So it looks like he is on the way back for the Patriots. This is a guy that in PPR leagues, he's putting up double-digit points weekly. So if you can grab him for little to nothing, by all means, he's definitely a steady Eddie, if you will. You got the Cardinals wide receiver Rondell Moore, who is limited in practice, which is actually an upgrade for him. He had a hamstring issue as well, but it's looking like he's trending towards playing this. Is this a pump your brakes or keep it moving? Keep it moving. Yeah, I would say pump your brakes. You probably might mention him next, but AJ Green might be out this week. He suffered an injury in the Cardinals game. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, well, I won't say he's out, but it don't look good. I'll put it that way. I think it's Greg Greg Dortch part two. Like, even last, uh, even during the preseason, we've seen the same type of productivity with these targets, man. He's just going to continue to get peppered with targets in his offense. I disagree with that. And the, and the only reason I say that is because Dorch and Moore play the same role. Dorch right now is, he's a he's a smaller guy and he's in the slot. I don't know yeah. that he can take over A.J. Green's outside wide receiver role. I would almost put more on the outside before I would put Dorch there, but Dorch is more likely to have a seat on the bench than he is to be a good starting next receiver. So during uh, the preseason, if you go back and mm-hmm. like uh, look at the numbers, he had at least seven, eight targets, him and Andy Isabella, back and forth all preseason, the same game. So it's just a report fact that he just he just dialed you. into this role bef- beforehand. So I just see that productivity irregardless. For whatever reason, like Murray likes him. Murray, see what Murray does with uh, even going with Brown. Brown had what, so 17 targets, 14 catches last week. So they're going to throw the ball regardless. Giants wide receivers, Kadarius Tony and Wendell Robinson. Tony with a hamstring and Robinson with a knee. They both remained sidelined. So it looks like probably going to end up being another week for those guys. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen, hamstring. He got an unlimited practice. He's trending towards playing this week. Kansas City wide receiver MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, has an abdomen issue. So he was limited in practice. Um, no indication of where he is heading as far as the week is concerned, but you were depending on him, you're already kind of in a sad situation as is. Dallas wide receiver Michael Gallup, he practiced in full. It's looking like this is his second time practicing in full, if I'm not mistaken. It's looking 
really good for Sunday for him. My question to you guys on Michael on Michael Gallup is, do we want to see him first or do we want to buy him as cheap as we can before we see him? If you, I mean, if you're thinking about buying him, I, would, I wouldn't start him if I have him this week. You know, playing with Cooper Rush, they shouldn't have any chemistry at all. To be honest with you, I'll still be comfortable with Noah Brown. But if you're going to buy low on him, that's fine, I guess. Um, Actually, you know what? I think you just helped me out. Because he has no rapport with Cooper Rush, even if he does play this week, he probably won't look quite as good as he could. So maybe you give him a week to look bad and then you try to buy. If you're in the mark, when Dak comes back, he's going to be a weekly starter. I think he'll be a weekly wide receiver too. Right, right. New Orleans wide receiver Michael Thomas didn't practice Wednesday. And it's looking like he has a, a foot slash toe issue going on. No indication as to whether or not he's going to play this week. He was sidelined in Sunday's game, which was to the benefit of one Mr. Chris Olave. Do we think that this is just going to continue Michael Thomas's long string of injuries? Or is this something that he could kind of get over and be back at it within a week or two? In my opinion, I don't think he plays this week. He's kind of in that Julio bracket right now. There's always these lower extremity things going on with him. I mean, he just got on the field for the first time in two years, and now right. he's hurt, <laughs> and it's a foot issue. Like so, I think it's a little bit the opposite. I think he'll play this week. Uh, we're reading about his and Jarvis Landry's injury. They, put, they deem both of them not as serious, so I think he plays this week. And Jarvis Landry was up next. He is also hurt, which is making Chris Olave the only fully healthy receiver currently available for possibly Andy Dalton this coming week if Winston doesn't go. The Tennessee rookie, Traylon Burks, he has an illness of some sort. Wasn't much speculation on what it was, but he didn't practice again. It seems like every week is something with this kid. I don't know, but he's, he's just not rubbing me the right way right now. They are giving him targets out of necessity, so maybe that ends up working out to his benefit, but I just don't think that Tennessee's passing game is going to be on point this year just in general. Pump my brakes or keep them moving? Pump them real quick. Uh, they already came over to point and say they really want to get him more involved in offense. So I think he's fine. I don't think he's going to miss any games or anything like that. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Houston running back Damian Pierce has a hip issue going on and was limited at practice on Wednesday. Didn't really indicate the severity of it, but for a rookie running back to be heading into week four and already having, you know, lower extremity issues. And he hasn't been the, I would say, the brightest spot that we thought that he was going to be based on the offseason hype. Are we kind of worried about the direction that Pierce is heading in or is this a keep it moving? Nah, keep it moving. Yeah, keep it moving. Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown has an ankle issue going on. Didn't practice on Wednesday. And it's looking like it's been reported that it isn't going to be a long-term deal. But my issue with those words, I'm reading into what wasn't said. It sounds like it will be a short-term deal. So are we confident in Amon Ra this week? Or do we need to find a quick pivot? I would definitely watch uh, the next couple of days of practice. He did leave in the second quarter of last week's game, but he did return. So with that being said, I mean, it's possible he could play, thug it out. Uh, but I would watch these. You want to see if he can at least get a limited practice in by Friday. If he doesn't practice by Friday, then I'd be concerned. But if he can get a limited practice in Friday, then I'm sure he'll suit up. Stand in the flames with the Lions. Running back DeAndre Swift has an ankle and shoulder issue going on. He didn't practice on Wednesday, and he's actually, right now, it's seeming like he's unlikely to play versus Seattle this weekend. Is this something that the Swift owners should, may, maybe you sell him, or on the strength that he did well this first couple of weeks? 
he's starting to seem like he's the Brandon Roy of the NFL. This guy has all the talent in the world, but his body seems to give out on him every few weeks. Well, this is one of those things. If you came into the season a swift owner, you should have known that the handcuff should have been attached. It's one of those things. And if you're going to sell him, who are you going to sell him for? That's going to be the bigger question. Like, who are you going to get in return for him? I mean, maybe if the team has some running back issues and they have a plethora of wide receivers, you can hope to get close to equal value. My thing is, if he's this nicked up at the beginning of the season, am I going to be able to depend on him in the playoffs? Do I want to move on him now or... Do I want to hold him and end up getting stuck with the hot potato? Well, if you're in a dynasty league, you definitely want to keep him. If you're in a redraft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you're in a redraft league, and again, he should have came attached with a guy. I mean, just like Dalvin Cook, there's certain running backs that you know you need to have the attachment. McCaffrey owners, Cook owners, and Swift owners. Those three owners, you always need to get the guy behind them. <laughs> That's just a part of the game, man. Especially if you're going to be drafting these guys that high. Baltimore running back J.K. Dobbins is listed as a limited participant in Wednesday's practice. And it's due to a chest injury. So we know he's on the men from the lower extremity injury, but this had nothing to do with that. This is an additional injury. What the hell is going on with J.K.? This might be something minor. I've looked into it a little bit and nothing really stood out to me as to it being something that was severe. I think, honestly, he's going to be on a big snap count. I think probably more than a little bit more than half the season, considering the type of injury he had. But he fared pretty well in last week's game. It's just the Newport 100s. That's all. It's, it's the new, <laughs> did, you, did you say it's the Newport 100s? Yeah, the Newport 100s, man. Yeah, them, them Cadillacs. That's all it was, man. Ain't going <laughs> so he'll be fine. Okay, 10-4. It's a lot going on with the Lions. Uh, They're tight end. TJ Hawkinson has a foot issue. He didn't practice on Wednesday. We don't have any details on how severe the foot injury is, but Hawkins is nicked up yet again. Lastly, Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz, knee injury. He was close to going last week, so I don't think you'll have to worry about him going this week. He is already practicing on Wednesday, which is a good thing for most veterans. Normally, if you have anything that's going on that's serious, they'll kind of let you slide on Wednesday and then you'll kind of get, you know, you get it in on Thursday, Friday. I do feel confident that Schultz will be able to go this week. One last thing, the Christian McCaffrey news. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Christian McCaffrey is dealing with a quad injury. How did I forget that? They aren't indicating. What's the second? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook had a dislocated shoulder from Sunday. They aren't saying one way or the other. I've seen some reports saying that he may miss a week or two. Then I've seen some reports saying that it's the same injury that he suffered before and that he could actually play this week. Have you guys seen anything to kind of lean one way or the other? Yeah, I agree. This is an injury he has before. He has played with a brace. So he's, I guess, used to doing it like that. But um, I would monitor practice, man. I mean, hopefully, again, if you're a Cook corner, you should have Madison. I mean, right before kickoff, you get an idea who's starting. But if Cook does start and you're a Cook owner, I mean, you got you got to play him because you spend a high draft pick on him. So if he's out there with that brace on, you got to make it shake. As far as the McCaffrey owners, um, this is a new injury that popped up after the game. So I know everybody's going to be running trying to get Cuba Hubbard. But to me, I think Deontay Foreman is the guy to own. I think he's the, I early, I think he's the early down guy. And Cuba has been getting a little more run than him lately, but only on third down. I think they'll keep him in that role. And if um, McCaffrey was to miss a week, they Foreman would be the guy. And everybody's running to get Cuba. I'm running to get uh, Foreman. Completely agree on that. That pretty much wraps up your news. Let's go ahead and get into Rapid Fire 10. And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. 
All right, rapid fire ten, man. Let's get straight into it. Ten quick questions. The people want to know who do they start. Firstly, super flex question: Justin Fields or Jimmy Garoppolo? So I gotta go Garoppolo. I'm on the opposite end of that. <laughs> So the reason I say Fields is at least he has the added advantage of a rushing floor, if you will. Garoppolo is not going to run. Bears are going up against the Giants. Garoppolo is going to be going up against the Rams. He can't run his left tackle. Don't forget, Trent Williams is hurt. I'm assuming he's going to be out this week, but I know he, he, he was out. He was injured last week. Without your left tackle, Aaron Donald coming after a quarterback that can't run? Nah, I'll pass. The only uh, rebuttal to that is just what is Fields doing on the field? I mean, he hasn't even attempted or even completed more than ten passes. He hasn't even he hasn't completed more any more than you know any less than ten passes. He hasn't attempted any less than seventeen, and we haven't seen him go over one hundred and twenty yards. I mean, you're hoping that he runs a touchdown in, and I feel like you know for that same value for the same points, I would take the Rams and hopefully Garoppolo get eight points as opposed to Phil's probably getting seven. <laughs> okay, so damn if you do, damn if you don't. Okay. <laughs> Hey, at least Jimmy got better weapons, right? Right. All right, so bottom of the barrel, super flex question, another one. Do they play Zach Wilson or do they play Brian Hoyer? Is yeah. all of Rapid Fire 10 going to be shit or maggots? <laughs> yeah, kind of saying, these are deep leagues. These are deep 12. Jeez, Some people in 14, 16 team leagues. I'll say this. Normally, when a backup comes in that first game, it may be a little bit of a, a spurt, if you will. So maybe Brian Hoyer at this point in his career is as good of a passer as Mac Jones is at this point in his career. And Zach Wilson, he ain't it. He wasn't it before he got injured. And he's kind of pretty much starting over now. So there's no rapport. It, but he does have, at least he has legs. So, I mean, oh, man, that's, that's, I'm going to go with Hoyer. I'm going to go with Hoyer. I'm going with Hoyer, too. I, I think his longevity, how many stints he's had with the team, I think it bodes well for him. Like you said, we can't trust Zach Wilson whatsoever. Like, they should just have kept Flacco and let him rest two more weeks, my personal opinion. Just a quick tidbit, Flacco was, I want to say, top three or four currently in passing yards. Mm -hmm. He has like over 900 yards. So, I mean, he may be the better quarterback right now, but it is, it is what it is. Wilson's going to start. All right, this might get a little juicy. Do we play Cordell Patterson or Khalil Herbert? <laughs> if, man, do you have a definitive one on this one, Joe? You, you asked for it. <laughs> Honestly, I would take I would take honestly Cordell. I think you know no no Clowney, no Garrett. You know, like I, I think that kind of bodes well for him to be more proficient on the run game. I like Khalil. I think Khalil is a a good back, but I don't know. If I, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but how much does that speak to the game? Kind of be the game is already scripted to be a run a run game in a run scenario. In my personal opinion. So I, I honestly think Cordell against without Clowney and Garrett. There are two factors that have helped me make up my mind, and one of them was actually your opinion on the last rapid fire, Joe. It feels ain't going to throw the ball, and David Montgomery ain't going to be in the game. Khalil Herbert has to be the player. If we get news that David Montgomery is definitively out, he's questionable right now. He hasn't been deemed out yet. But if he's out, and as you say, they're not going to throw the ball but so many times, yeah, I'm going to run with Khalil. Uh, we got James Conner or Ramondre Stevenson. If Connor is in the game, I'm a room in him because I know he's going to get the run, if you will. 
you never know week to week what's going to happen in the Patriots' backfield. So I'll take the guy that if he's healthy, he should get the vast majority of the carries. I like Ramondre, honestly. I, I agree. Um, it's, it's it's a kind of – I can't even call it a split. Uh, what I like with Bozo for Ramondre, just, he just seems to make – he just seems to make everything happen. I like how much yards he, uh, he's getting per catch, how much he's getting on the ground. And the only thing you kind of be concerned with, really, how soon they put the game away, in my personal opinion. I think with uh, that matchup, it might be open and shut relatively quickly. So you think they're going to be up or you think they're going to get – because keep in mind, um, Brian Horror will probably be the, the quarterback. Against the um, – yeah, with their matchup. Against Green honestly, Bay. But I think, I think honestly, it's a, a good matchup for Green Bay to kind of come back down. Like, New England is really stout and stingy on defense. I think they're going to keep this a ball control kind of game. I think it's going to kind of just come down to if they can sustain the lead in the first half and go into the second half with the lead, we've seen a Belichick team be able to close those type of games out. All right, we got Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. I like Jamal Williams. It's less likely that uh, Swift plays this week. So I like Jamal. That Swift is out. Week. Swift is going to miss some time. When you say some time, that's several weeks minimally. So, yeah, Swift is out for sure. So you're taking the Jamal as well? For the same reason that Joe just gave on his last opinion there, my thing is I do know that New England has nothing else to have defense. And – as far as Detroit is concerned, if Williams is getting all of the run against Seattle, I, I like that. He's normally the goal line guy, but now he's going to be first and second down guy, too. So we got Terry McLaurin or Chris Olave. I want Olave. I actually want Olave as well, because if Thomas is out or Landry is out, volume is king in fantasy. And you're talking about several wide receivers out there that are kind of dividing that cookie, if you will, with the commanders. Um, Dotson is doing his thing. Actually, believe it or not, Curtis Samuel is the one getting the most targets, even uh, even over Gary Terry. So give, give me the guy with the guaranteed targets. DK Metcalf or Romeo Dobbs? I'm going to go DK. I, I think Dobbs is definitely in the, heading in the right direction as far as being presumptively the number one receiver uh, with the Packers. But something has to get right with this offense as far as it being something that can be revered and something that can keep up uh, with that matchup with Detroit because that game can get out of hand if uh, Seattle doesn't come come correct. So I, I would think they would have to lean on Metcalf and compliment of Lockett. So I think he might get 80 yards and a couple touchdowns. Okay, lastly in the wide receiver room, we got Allen Robinson or Gary Wilson. I'm a roll with Robinson just because I like Stafford a whole hell of a lot more than I like Wilson. I'm going to go with Garrett. I'm nervous about that one because he favors Elijah Moore a lot more. But it's clear that Garrett is just something different to this offense. He brings something a lot different. I would hope. This is asking for a lot. I think the upside is there, long story short. I think the upside is, is more there with Garrett. We kind of know what Allen Robinson is going to do. And they're actually they're spreading the ball out pretty evenly with the Rams. So I kind of favor uh, the volume that uh, Garrett's been getting. But that, that's the thing, though, because and I know this rapid fire, but that's the thing, though. But I don't see Garrett getting the ball. Remember, more in our opinion, last year is what Garrett was this year. The rapport that Wilson has is with more, not with Garrett. No, it's, Garrett not, it's, it's, it's actually not even with Moore, it's with Davis. It's been stated by both Wilsons, <laughs> Garrett and Zach, that the rapport isn't there. Garrett stated that Flacco was a better quarterback. He, he, he 
just threw the ball, but he he was more comfortable with the way Flacco was able to get the ball to him than Zach in preseason and in the uh, offseason. There wasn't really a connection between the two. I don't see him forcing them the ball when, to your point, Vander, Davis was the one that he had the most rapport with, and second in line would have been Elijah. So, just saying. Yeah, but also, too, I'm looking at the matchup. The 49ers are the best in the league in pass defense, only get up 148 yards game. Their defense is, like, playing at an all-pro level right now. If their best corner is going to be nine times out of ten on cup i would think that that's the way they would scheme it nah he's gonna be on robinson because cup in the slot Th- that's not what we've seen though the number one corner hasn't been on robinson yeah, he damn sure ain't been on cup in the that's previous the- game yeah that's one thing about playing that nickel these guys on the outside cannot play the nickel a lot of them now some guys can move around like a, um you got a ramsey and certain guys they can they go anywhere you know what i'm saying right. but most outside corners can't play inside and that's why the inside guys can't play outside like they go hand it. That's why Cup is so dangerous where he at because your, your best corner is probably on the outside. Like okay. there, you know, you know what I mean? So I think the number one corner will be on Robinson. I'll take my chances on Robinson. The talent is there with both. A building of rapport with one, and we'll have to see if they attempt to build with the other. Okay, PPR Lee, Damian Pierce, or Drake London. Jeez, that's a pretty good one. But this is this rapid fire. So what are we going to do? I'm going to go with Drake London. I, I honestly think he's really coming to to form as to what we thought he would be coming into the draft. Like, I think, honestly, that's also why we haven't seen a lot of pits is because his productivity and how he's getting it done. This dude has all the tools. I do like Damian Pierce, and I think his matchup is favorable. But I think the up- Side with keeping up with Cleveland. This is going to be a close game until it isn't. And in order to be competitive, they're going to have to drive the ball down the field because Cleveland can matriculate the ball just as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'm I'm going to ride it out, especially in PPR with the wide receiver versus the running back that kind of hasn't really impressed prior and now going up against a pretty decent run defense team. And last but not least, speaking of Kyle Pitts, we got Kyle Pitts or David Njoku. Oh, that's easy for me. I'm going to run with Pitts. Oh, yeah, we getting Pitts. So that concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. All right, so let's hop right into the weekend preview. We have all the matchups of this week. We're going to give you our opinions on who should be played, who you should kind of be a little weary about. The first matchup on Thursday, which you will have seen this matchup by the time you hear this podcast, but we'll still give our opinions on that one as well. You have Miami Dolphins going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. This one has a 47 point over under. And right now, I mean, Miami's been given four points. So what say you gentlemen on this matchup? You got to play your guys. I mean, the guys, because most of the guys in this are primetime guys. But uh, the guys I do like, of course, you loved. Um, I like Higgins. Maybe a little more than I like Chase. I think uh, Chase is going to have Xavier Howard running around like he's running around uh, Diggs last week. So I really love T. Higgins this, this game. Miami coming in, they won the worst in the league. I think they like next to last against the pass. I like Burrow. I think this would be a bounce back game for Burrow. Uh, last week, he kind of bounced back. You know, he says he's getting off the social media, things of that nature. He threw three touchdown passes. I see him throwing at least another three or more. If, you, if you're a tool owner, I guess you got to play him. Man, beware. Because it seemed like the right slap across the head and we'll be seeing Bridgewater. This might be a Jamar Chase coming out party because on the other side of it, if Tua can play the entire game, to your point, they're going to have to find a way to keep up with this team before it get out of hand. Because even though, like you said, to your point, Miami, 
mean, second to last in pass defense. Uh, they played really well, even considering they was out there for more than 90 plays. And Xavier Howard did a phenomenal job covering Diggs, believe it or not. I think he had like a four tire, like four receptions, 44 yards. He didn't give up a touchdown. So Xavier, if Xavier's healthy, because I know he has groin issues, I think that's going to play really well into it being a competitive game. But to your point, Higgins going to go off. I think, like I said, Jamar can go off. But also, too, I think Mixon. Mixon is in a good place also because I think their uh, Dolphins aren't that well against the run. I think they rank 27th. But Mixon's going to have to get it done catching and uh, running the ball. I think this is a good opportunity for him to kind of get in the end zone like we used to see him doing last season. The Minnesota Vikings are going up against the New Orleans Saints. This one has a 43-point over-under. And New Orleans has been given two and a half points. So a little bit of a closer spread there. The over-under is so low because they have Dalton in the game. I'm also looking at the spread being so close as an indicator that there could possibly be some fireworks on both sides, even though Dalton is in the game. Because I would think that if Minnesota's running with all their guys, you would give them a little more than two and a half with all the injuries that New Orleans dealing with. Unless you happen to have one of the guys that are injured, as far as New Orleans is concerned, I say play your guys. And in Minnesota as well, if you have cousins, you got to start them. Jefferson, obviously. Now, some of the fringe guys, I probably wouldn't touch too much. This wouldn't be a Irv Smith game for me. Wouldn't be a Osborne game, anything like that. I'm not too keen on Thielen either, but we'll kind of see how that part goes. Again, at the end, the top tier guys, you must play them every week, guys. But I also think this is a game where we see Jefferson struggle again. He got what's my boy down there in New Orleans? Um, Lattimore. Oh yeah, Marcus. So he, he, you know, he feisty. Yeah. You know, quiet as kept. Like he's been running into some premier corners. We seen what Slade did to him last week to play Detroit. And the, the boy, your Ohio State boy, is it Akunda? Jeff? Akunda. Yep, Jeff Akunda. He he was he, he was he was on him. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And then, and then Akunda now ain't he, no joke now. He he's starting to come up, come of age. You know what I'm saying? He's coming up, and now you run into Lattimore like. Pfft, it just ain't getting no easier. Of course, I'm not saying bench Jefferson. Of course not. You got to play him. Temper your expectations, I think. As far as the Saints go, Jesus. Alave stock. I think if you may be one of these owners and um, maybe your third wide receiver play here. I love Olave, especially if uh, the, the other guy sit. He'd probably get a ton of targets. He should have some chemistry with Andy Dalton with him being the backup quarterback. They probably got a little more chemistry than he would have with a, with a Michael Thomas or a Jam- uh, Jarvis Landry. Because in practice, that third guy kind of goes with the second team. Um, and again, if James does sit, if you're having some streaming tight end things, I would go with Taysom Hill. Because I know he's going to probably run him the ball. He's going to run the ball a good bit. And then, you know, they probably do a little wildcat and things like that of this nature. Got on the same guys. So, especially with Alive, I think now is a good opportunity to, well, it's going to be a difficult opportunity to get him. All things aside, go even going before going into week three, he had the, he's a top in air yards. I think with 297 in two weeks. That's going before going into the third week. He's going to have, definitely going to have Michael Thomas and Landry this week, but it doesn't matter. He's had 13 targets the last two games, and I don't see that changing. I'm not saying he's going to get double digits, but he'll still get seven to nine targets. And with how they're using him and the average depth of target, he's going to catch a a bomb regardless. He's going to catch an intermediate pass regardless. And it's impressive to see him serve up these NFL DBs as a rookie. Looking at just the rest of the, the matchup, 
Like I said, you got to start your guys. You got to start Jefferson. For whatever reason, if you had Thielen, I think this is a good time to roll him out. Even though it's the top five uh, pass defense, somebody's going to catch something. And as of late, he's been catching at least, uh, he's catch four passes in two games. I think one game of three. So at least you know he has a soft floor, but he's going to have to move the ball. And I think obviously we all know that Madison is, is serviceable to Cook, um, but Cook obviously brings that threat. And I think without him, they'll be able to dial up pressure to Cousins. The Browns and Falcons have a 49 point over under with only a point and a half being the spread with those points going to Atlanta. This is going to be interesting because Joe mentioned earlier about the defensive guys that aren't going to be available. And I think this may be one of those games where the Falcons can kind of sneak up on the Browns, especially if Clowney and Garrett aren't going to be able to go this week, which that's the way it's leaning. Um, obviously, you got to start your guys. Um, I would be comfortable with Chubb for sure. I'd be comfortable with Hunt. I'd be comfortable with Cooper. He's been getting a lot of targets, and he's been making magic happen with him. I'd start my guys with Atlanta as well. If I do have a pivot point for Mariota, he's not somebody I'm all that confident in yet, but although I'm confident in London and in Pitts in this one as well. And then also, obviously, Patterson, because he's proving to be a good running back. I know he's been special teams his whole career, but right now he's actually third in rushing yards, only behind Chubb and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I kind of agree with most of everything you said, but going back to Mariota, if he's going to have a game, this is the game to have. If both bookends are out and you got this quarterback that can actually move around his feet, those backup guys, who knows if they know how to play against this style of quarterback and they can very well bite on a couple things or you know let him break the pocket and different things like that so it could get pretty interesting pretty tricky real fast if you have two backup defensive ends in the game and you have a running quarterback like a Mariota, this could be a breakout game for him as far as rushing the ball i agree i thought a little different i forgot the name of this guy hopefully on butcher but zakimius or whatever that for the falcons i think he's a viable flex option like we're looking at a Cleveland team that's middle of the pack in pass defense. And like we've already uh, spoken to earlier in the show, there's no Clowney. There's no Garrett. You know, no one to apply pressure and get to Mariota. So obviously with already known Pitts and uh, Drake London's role, there's going to have to be a third receiver to get involved to help exploit this offense because they're going to obviously run the ball to a high degree. I think it's a good option for Flex. I think he can probably get four receptions close to 39 yards. He, he could darn, you know, well, you know, snatch a touchdown at some point. I was thinking he has a great upside in the slot. The Commanders are going up against the Cowboys. This one has a 41 and a half point over under and a three point spread. And those points are going to the Commanders. I like Dallas to keep rolling. We saw what a good defense um, what Philly was able to do to Washington. The pass rush with the Cowboys, with Parsons out there, is phenomenal. The Cowboys are going to do their thing. Um, Zeke, I feel confident with. The thing that's going to be interesting is the wide receivers for the commanders. And this may sound kind of funny, but whoever has digs on them is probably going to have the better game because he's going to cheat at some point. It never fails. At least one play per game, he gives up a huge play because he cheats up too much. And then if you add a couple of little other plays here or there, that could add up to a decent game for whoever they have him on predominant, which it's probably going to be scary, Terry. Dotson, I like too. In this. Yeah, the commander's coming in the second uh, to the worst team in the league as far as getting up fantasy points to wide receivers. So with that being said, 
I do like the CeeDee Lambs of the game. Noah Brown, of course. I don't see the, them really moving much on the ground as far as Zeke. I think their commanders only give up one rushing touchdown this year. So I do like the pass catches for the Cowboys going into this game. Wentz could have some problems scoring through the air. I'm not really a fan of Gibson. This is a guy you hopefully you can sell him if you can. That's probably not probably not going to want him at this point. But, but Robinson is coming, so you better sell him. Yeah, if you can sell him, sell him. I like the pass catches for the Cowboys this game. I think this is going to be a trap game. When I, and I think it's going to really bode well for the Washington players. One thing, even though it doesn't show on the scoreboard, whatever reason they know how to move this damn ball man like when you think they down and out these motherfuckers is finding a way to like bomb it and, and keep games fairly competitive i think last week was kind of outlier but divisional matchups is always different it's like they zero on zero when they have a divisional matchup the giants could have darn well won that game had the offense had a little bit more spice to it they didn't have like nothing really going on on the outside and it seemed like richie and barkley and daniels running the ball was the saving grace of that team now you're getting a wince you know who we know is who can be garbage but when he's on he's throwing lasers most games and he's going to put up a, a hot clip to throw somebody out there a little bit different this might be a mckissick mckissick's definitely been more involved as we've been going along and about the backfield you know this is a good chance for him to get four or five six catches and if you're somebody who needs like a flex option or even if you you're unsure of injury or you you know you lack it because of injury you can plug him in as a rb2 but technically rb3 as far as value because he's going to have to catch the ball to keep this game fairly competitive seattle is going up against detroit there's a 48 point over under on this one and seattle's getting the four points which is the spread there i really like detroit just in general this year, to be honest. Who's ever healthy and going? We don't know what's going to happen with Hawkinson. Swift is likely out, so I definitely love Williams this week. I don't know, as far as DFS is concerned, if his price tag is kind of caught up to his situation. So he'd definitely be a guy that I'd go after as far as DFS is concerned. I definitely like what Detroit has to go with. In this. So I'm on Detroit people. What up, though? Just play all the Detroit guys, man, offensively. Love Jamal Williams in his matchup. He is a guy that can't catch the ball in the backfield, so PPR league, he should be golden. He's down there in the goal line situations, even when Swift is in the game. So if Swift, look, he's going to miss this game. Love, 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 love him. Now, this is a game we're we going to know what this guy's about. And that's Rashad Penny. They've been chopping up the, a few games they've been chopping up the carries. Last week he came in, he had 14. Now, Detroit comes in, they're like 27 against the rush. This is the time we see the Penny from last year at the end of the season. If he doesn't show his face this week, it just ain't there. So I think he'd be a good DFS play because he's cheap and probably very low on. But if you are a sharp penny owner, he's been sitting on your bench. This is the game you want to crank him up against Detroit. They're not a good run D. If he doesn't do it, he just ain't got it. Yeah, my guy for this matchup is going to be Josh Reynolds. And uh, this is another guy, again, just helping somebody out. You need some help at wide receiver. You might need a flex. All things considered, him and Goff has this rapport, and it's been showing all season pretty much. If it last matchup, 10 targets, 6 receptions, 96 yards. And this guy's been on the field for 77% of the snap. I like him. I think, you know what I mean? Like I said, another soft matchup against Seattle. I hate talking about my own team, but if for whatever reason, this ailment to St. Brown permeates to him having a lesser role in the offense or him not playing up to full speed. The Tennessee Titans are going to be going up against the Indianapolis Colts. This one has a 42 and a half point over under a three point spread going towards Tennessee. You got to start who you got. There aren't really any Tennessee pass catchers that I'm confident in. But if you have Ryan Tannehill as your QB, 
especially in the Superflex or 2QB League, you can't not start him. You don't really know who's going to be the guy any given week. Obviously, if you have Henry, you're going to start him. That is what it is. With the Colts, if you have JT, you're going to start him. That is what it is. I do like Pittman to get back on track with having his second week back from his injury. Yeah, in this matchup, man, I'm a big fan of Pittman. We just seen the Tennessee Titans give up. Was, that was uh, Diggs at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he had, a, he had a 12 catches for the three touchdowns, Crush. 148. Yeah. They're kind of vulnerable back there in that, in that secondary. So I love Pittman. Of course, you got to play the studs as far as Henry and JT. You have no choice. Any other the offensive skill players on the Tennessee side, not really a fan of. The news did say they want to come out and get trade line. Burks more involved in offense is yet to be seen. So those pretty much the only guys I really like in this matchup. I like Alec Pierce on the Colts as well. He came back and he picked up where he left off pretty much. Outside of that, like you said, you just got to kind of roll with everybody else. It's not much on Tennessee side that I'm finding attractive either. Maybe Robert Woods. I think uh, Robert Woods might be a sleeper for a flex option. He actually caught a lot of deep passes last week. And he was off to a good start in that offense. So I think he's somebody that you can, in a situation like this, again, like I said, he had four receptions, 85 yards last weekend. He might be somebody, if you had to, you need somebody, probably go Robert Woods. The Chicago Bears are going up against the New York Giants. This, I believe, is the lowest over-under of the week at 39 and a half. Start Khalil Herbert, start Saquon Barkley. That's all I can. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, <laughs> period. Barkley, Herbert, everybody else, man, if you can, put in another substitute. You need to find one. If you got Justin Fields a quarterback, you need to find one. If you got any Chicago Bears wide receivers, you need to find some. If you got some New York Giants wide receivers, you need to find some. <laughs> Play the New York Giants defense. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like Richie James from the Giants. His his role is going to be what it is. Wondell still on the mid. I don't think Wondell or Tony suits up this week. And then they just lost Sterling Shepard. So right now you're looking at Seals, Richie James, and then Galladay. But out of all of those, the most rapport has been with Richie James most of the season. So I would plug him in. Oh, and as far as that, I'm not even going to gamble on uh, Darnell Mooney, but at least we know it's not him more so than the offense itself. Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. This one has a 46 and a half point over under and the Jacksonville Jaguars are, are getting six and a half points. This game confuses me, but in a good way, I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points scored here. But what I'm trying to figure out is if Philly is actually worth the six and a half with the way Jacksonville Jacksonville has been playing. If you remember in the preseason and in the offseason, Joe and I talked a lot about Doug Peterson's offense, and we gave you the statistics that since he's been a head coach, he's had a top 10 passing offense. And it's looked like even with fill-in players, if you will, to a certain extent at wide receiver, this Jacksonville Jaguars team is still going to take that same path. I like a lot of people in this game, actually. Obviously, Hurts, um, Trevor Lawrence, I like. As far as wide receivers are concerned, Zay Jones may still be available on waivers, y'all. If you're having any issues at wide receiver, I would go grab him. If you can get Christian Kirk on the low, I would go get him. Philly... I want to say Devonta Smith had a back issue going on. If that is the case, then AJ is going to go bananas. I love Goddard as well. Just when I thought I could trust Sanders, he disappointed me. So I'm still not really behind the Philly running game just yet. 
That's why I am on this one. I think you should temper your expectations for these Jaguar skill guys. And we've seen what Philly did to Minnesota. We have we've been seeing what Philly been. These guys have the best one, two, and three corners. I think like in the league right now, as far as as a as a unit, as a tandem. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? As a unit, as a collective. You know what I'm saying? You got Slate. He's big time. You got Bradbury at the other two. And then you got the right. boy, the boy from the Saints that's now playing a nickel. He's solid. Yeah. There's no holes there. And that defensive line, good Lord. Right. So the defensive line is nasty. And we all know secondary is always going to look better with a good defensive line in front of you. The ball's coming out a lot faster, things like that. So I think you temper your expectations for guys like Kirk, Say Jones, these Jaguar Pascal. I think I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have his hands full, in my opinion. Again, I think see. he will as well, but I think the the game script is going to be as such that they're going to have to throw the ball from beginning to end, and garbage points are going to matter as well. Fantasy-wise, I think it's going to be much bigger or, or more important than the actual on-the-field NFL play, if you will. Again, like I talk, we talk about Lawrence, I talk, you know, just because you throw it a lot don't mean it's going to be a good thing. You could be behind all you want. I've seen quarterbacks throw two and three pick sixes in a row. I just think this one of them games, he's, he's going to have his hands full for sure. And then Doug Peterson's going back to Philly. I know he want to win that game. I like everything Doug about Philly. Doug Peterson's going to pull out all the stops. That's all I, that's all I know. He, he's definitely it's going to be a try. couple of plays in there that's that's going to be a little bit more special than the Philly special. I would say James Robinson. <laughs> I would say James Robinson would be the guy that run out there because Philadelphia is a that line? Well, they all like in the middle. You got to pick your poison. There's only two things you can do in football. Run a pass. True. They're, the, they're in the middle of the, pretty much in the middle of the pack when it comes to run defense. So that's what you're going to have to do. Like they like the six best in the league is the pass. So I mean, like what you going to do? You got to pick your poison. And James been playing pretty well lately. So I would say go with James Robson. This matchup is kind of overlooked because people had a misconception that the Jaguars are just an offensive team. They're also a top seven defense. Let's wake up a, a top seven defense. This is going to be a fairly competitive game, and I like everybody, both sides of the ball. Yes, we see what they did with the Vikings, but really when we when you know the vocal point of the offense is the run, the set of the play action, the set up, you know, these different concepts, these vertical concepts, and we knew they all they had to do. And they're dealing with an anticipatory thrower and Kirk Cousins. I feel like the script was already there. Like, I think it was just clear as day. Same thing with Washington. You're playing somebody with a horrendous defense now you get somebody with a top ranked offense and a top defense this ball control with everything uh sprinkled on it i like the play with uh, james robinson i like everybody that everybody done put out there dfs wise I will look out for Quez Watkins if, for whatever reason, Devontae doesn't go, which I still think he'll go. He has plenty of time. We'll know by Saturday and early Sunday morning if that if he's going to be good to go. But Quez just seems to just find a way to take the top off of this offense. And that's when he down and out, when he literally has nobody to throw to. But if it's not AJ, obviously one of his outside receivers, he's going to give it to uh, Quez. He's going to find a way. New York Giants are going up against Pittsburgh. This is a 41 and a half point over under. The Jets are getting three points i don't really like this game Najee harris is obviously not himself yet i don't know if trubisky is going to keep his job i don't like zach wilson maybe i like the jets running game maybe but i I don't like the jets (laughs) man i'm just scratching my head in here because i mean like that's who i do like fire Brees hall this could very well be his coming out party you got pittsburgh yeah it's pittsburgh they're not good. They're one of the worst teams in the league against the run. Remember, T.J. Watt is not there. This team was totally different with T.J. Watt on the field. So they're like one of the worst. They're like 
top four or five worst in the league against the run. I think this is a game that we would, that Brees Hall, everybody was waiting to see. This could really be the game because think about it. With Wilson now in there, is he going to really throw you out of the game? I mean, is he going to really like pass the ball around, sling it around? True. Carter is the starter, though. Carter is Carter's the one that's getting the most air. <laughs> He's the starter. But I, I just think that, you know, Brees Hall is a home run guy. And I think he can hit it from anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not that far apart as far as the, the carries last week. We have seen Brees Hall carries go up every week since week one. He went from six carries to seven carries to eight carries. So he's improving. And he cut, he, and he has also had 11 targets last week out of the backfield. When his new quarterback come back out, he may be more likely to dump it off quick passes. So I like Brees Hall in the matchup going against this team. You spoke on Najee, who definitely not himself. Again, this is another sell guy. If he's on your team, you should sell him. And if we see the Jets do well defensively, I think the the picket sounds are going to get louder and louder. So we may see a sighting this week. This one is probably, in my opinion, the most exciting matchup of the week. And I'm struggling to figure out why it's at 1 o'clock. But the Buffalo Bills are going up against the Baltimore Ravens. This one has a 51-point over-under. I want to say that is the highest over-under of the week. And it is a three-point spread. And the three points are going to Baltimore, man. I, I, I love it for Allen. I love it for Lamar. I think Bateman has a great game. You got to remember Buffalo's defense is still suffering. All of those guys that were out last week are still going to be out this week. I, I love everything other than the Baltimore running backs because there's too many of them. I have no idea who's going to get what amount of carries. They're trying to work JK in. Justice Hill has been getting a good amount of carries. They got Kenyon Drake. They, they just got a lot going on in the backfield. I do like Singletary again, as I told you guys last week. He showed and proved. I think he was the top five fantasy scorer as far as running back was concerned last week. I would stay in the flames as far as he is concerned, and not necessarily because he's going to be able to run the ball against the Ravens, but right now, for whatever reason, they suck against the pass. So I can see him getting a fair amount of a balls thrown to him and a fair amount of opportunities to get into the end zone either by pass or by rush. Honestly. Yeah, the Ravens are like the absolute worst in the league against the pass. I love Josh Allen, of course. Um, pair him with Diggs. Of course, everybody going to say Diggs, Gabriel Davis. But the sneaky guy, man, I like his Isaiah McKenzie. Hell the, yeah. I think he's You're the right. guy. Love it. You know what I mean? I think he's the guy to really watch in this game. He can do well. Um, Especially in PPR. For sure. He had seven balls last week, 76 shots touchdowns. He's got two touchdowns in three games. He could have had another one. I think he dropped early in the season, so he could have had a very well three. But, uh, Do you think they're going to be pissed off at him because that bonehead play he made on the last play of the game last week where it cost an opportunity to get the field goal? <sighs> I mean, Dorsey maybe. You know, he probably, you know, tearing up the iPad upstairs. But um, that's some water on the bridge. They go on to the next game. Of course, with the Ravens, man, it's funny. I only really like Lamar and Andrews. Now, the funny thing about it, this, Ray, this, this, this Bill's secondary is very young. They started four rookies last week. Right. And they also just signed Xavier Rose off the street. I would yeah. love, I, I think I'm going to say Bateman as well. This could be a good game for Bateman. Good bounce back. Um, he could do very well in this game as well. So, But I don't like Singletary. Los Angeles Chargers are going to be going up against the Houston Texans. I'll make this one quick. You have a 44-point over-under, and there's a five-and-a-half-point spread. The points are going to the Texans. Start your Chargers. If you don't have to play your Texans, don't other than Cook. Boom. You're right on. But also, too, I think it's a good spot if you are someone who has Damian Pierce. There's no Joey Bosa. And even without Bosa, 
we just seen them get torched and give up so many points the last couple of weeks. Like, this is going to be a good game for him to also do well. And also, to if you're really desperate, it's a Nico Collins. He He's still someone who's who's getting targeted as much, if slightly less than uh, Cooks. And he, he's having a good return on You guys with Pierce with the Bosa injury, I definitely see him breaking out. But something to watch this game because Houston is like the worst in the league against the run. If Austin Eckler doesn't break out, if he <laughs> if he does not do well Sunday, sell him. <laughs> Sell him, sell him, sell him. That's all I really got to say about that. Because, I mean, this is the worst team in the league against him. And if he can't get off oh, of him. Let me ask you this. Hey, do you play Sony Michelle? Hey, he could be a very sneaky play because it gets to go on the goal line. Yeah, right. Exactly. He had, funny thing about it, Sony had more carries than him last week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think he, he had like four and Sony had five. Like, wait, what's going But that game was, you know, it was a blowout. I'm going to say that. But they was down 38. I mean, they lost 38 to 10. But this should be a bounce back game for Eckler. For sure. The Arizona Cardinals are going up against the Carolina Panthers. This one has a 43-point over-under, and the Arizona Cardinals are getting a point and a half. This is going to be a good matchup. I actually like everybody. I like like both sides of the ball. Uh, you know Benjamin. I know uh, Daryl Williams fared pretty well, but he's starting to more and more have uh, a firm grasp of that Chase Edmonds role, and I think with kind of being more questionable this week, I do think he played, but to a limited capacity. I think you know, be somebody, again, if you need a running back, you know, somebody to get you a couple points. He has a good floor. I think he had like uh, three catches last game, and he's been around that range the last couple of weeks with O'Connor. For all of McCaffrey owners, again, I'll be watching the chart, seeing what's going on. Um, he's probably going to play, but if not, the Deontay Foreman I spoke on earlier, I like him. Another guy, DJ Moore. If you have DJ Moore on your team, you may want to sell him. Might want to sell him. Might want to sell him. Uh, the Cardinals did came out and said they do want to get Connor more involved. He is seem like he's a touchdown dependent guy. The problem with the Cardinals is they can't get close enough to the damn end zone for him to get in. So <laughs> it's either they floating around the field, either it's a touchdown pass or they just floating around the field goal range. Like they can't get close enough for him to be able to punch it in. The New England Patriots are going to be going up against Green Bay this week. There's a nine and a half point spread on this one going towards New England. Uh, there's only a 40 and a half point over under on this one, which makes it the second lowest of the week. First of all, I think that this is disrespectful. <laughs> I, 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 please give me the nine and a half points. I'll take the nine and a half points. I don't think that there's that vast of a difference this young in Mac Jones's career between him and Brian Hoyer. All other things being equal, Green Bay still doesn't have a wide receiving core, and New England is pretty good against the run. So I don't see this being a damn near 10-point spread. As far as fantasy is concerned, if I have Harris or Stevenson and I need a, a flex I would start them there. I don't know which wide receiver or possibly tight end in New England is going to get the shine this week. If Jacoby Myers is back this week, you start him. You start him every week. He's basically Edelman. He can't go wrong, especially in PPR. You're going to get double digits every week. I told you guys this all last year. Y'all told me he was garbage. The proof is in the pudding at this point. Am I right or am I right? I'm just saying. No, I definitely can agree. And I think, honestly, believe it or not, if he's back, I would love Devontae Parker even more. We okay. saw that breakout game, and it was going back to a conversation we had uh, last offseason where I, I said I think he'd be de facto number one receiver. I, I would love him even more with Myers back in the fold. But to your point with the Packers, I wouldn't find any of their weapons that exotic because we know how New England play. With the Buccaneers, they, they're a young secondary. 
they have everything else good, bolding well from it as far as the front seven. But we knew what that kind of game was going to be. This is totally different. This is going to be a, a nice ball control game by the Patriots. And I think all the weapons are stacked up on their side. So I think, you know, if you got their guys, Ramondre, Damien, even Aguilar, believe it or not. I think Aguilar, you know, having familiarity with Hoyer and Hoyer being on the team for so long. I can get involved. Denver is going to be going up against Las Vegas. This is a 45 and a half point over under and only a two and a half point spread. Those points are going towards Denver's way. This is a conundrum for me. And maybe you can help me out because you're, you're the stats guy. You you deep dive. You know what I'm saying? You, my thing is this, right? I kind of feel like this might be a breakout game for the Raiders, mm-hmm. but I still don't exactly know how when the Broncos have such a good defense. It's kind of an oxymoron, if you will, but I just feel good about my Adams, Carr, Waller. If Renfro comes back, maybe that kind of spreads it out a little bit more and I don't feel as good. Um, So what I'll say is this. I think um, we assume that Denver is supposed to have a great defense, but that's clearly not the case. And even to your point with Renfro, with Renfro being out, oh, Darren Waller has to get the ball. Devontae has to get the ball. None right. of those receivers were targeted enough to bowl well, but you have to start them, obviously, in this kind of matchup. You know, aside from those two guys, obviously, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a good target for anybody who owns Josh Jacobs. We just see his presence just being felt running the ball and also receiving. He's a phenomenal pass blocker as well. And Bolden is a sneaky play for somebody, DFS, or if you, you, you know, you're in a big league with 12 teams or more, and you need a running back because Bolden is clearly the running back too, and really the Absolutely. James White. Let's say that he's the James White going on that going on, but but um, he's more than that because your boy White didn't get any carries at all, if if I recall correctly, or if he did, it may have been one. He's he's not a part of the offense right now, and I'm not exactly sure why. But barring injury, whatever he did pissed somebody off or something. I don't know what's going on. He's not yeah. even getting a chance. On Denver, the only thing that's really standing out for me, I mean, I think you're going to still play Judy, but Cortland Sutton is, he's his DK for Russell Wilson. Yep. And I'm talking about the 1,300-yard DK. He's just paying dividends and getting it done. He's getting a vast amount of value uh, to go behind that. We got to say Judy, Judy Wilson have no rapport. I thought Judy was going to be his locket, but it's not turning out that way. Sutton is definitely his go-to. A predicament like this where we're going to have to we're going to see the ball move a lot through the air it's going to have to get done but i think javante is in a, a fair position to to get right he had a good he had a modest game last week but i think he can finally find the end zone and melvin's melvin and i think melvin's always going to be a good running back too and this matchup as well too they're two people that get a lot of opportunities both with carries and receptions so it's, it's an opportunity for both of them to get a touchdown Kansas City is going up against Tampa Bay. This is a 45-point over-under and only a one-point spread, and that is going towards Tampa Bay's way. It's looking like everybody's going to go this week for Tampa. Everybody's healthy for Kansas City. This may just be a knockdown drag out. Like I, I want to see this game for sure. This is the, the night game, so this is going to be a treat for all football fans. I love the offensive output here. Traditionally, night games tend to go over, 
and you tend to have a little bit more of an offensive output. Mm-hmm. So with Julio back in the fold, with Godwin back in the fold, with Evans ready to go, I love what's going on here. And that's going to free things up for Fournette. So although Kansas City has actually had a pretty formidable defense to a certain extent in comparison to what it was previously, this is going to be a great game as far as fantasy is concerned. My concern, and help me out with this, I don't know if I trust Juju on Kansas City side. Obviously, Patty, Kelsey, they are what they are. I'm not exactly sure if CEH or McKinnon should be trusted more as far as the running back. So as far as the running back is concerned, what are you going to do there? And as far as Juju is concerned, are, do you do you trust him? In- with the running back situation, like you said, like it's hard to say, especially with McKinnon. McKinnon and CEH, McKinnon had 52% of the snaps last week, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about it, he only got more since the beginning of the season. Beginning of the season, he had 39, 47, then yep. week 52. So it looks like they're gaining more confidence in one person and losing confidence in another from the numbers. Right, exactly. And then, too, we're going back to Juju to your point. This is an offense you don't know who's going to be the guy. What bothers me is that they have – two good tight ends as well behind Kelsey that they use quite a bit. And we don't even know if we're going to see Chris, we're going to see a Watson side and, you know, the wide receiver. We don't even know if we might see him play. I'm not. Last up, we have the Los Angeles Rams with the Rams and Niners. It's a 42 point over under and only a point and a half as far as the spread is concerned. These are two teams that definitely know each other very well. I like the offensive players in both games, not so much Jimmy G. I like Debo Samuel for what he's going to do in the run game and the pass game. I do like Wilson as long as he stays healthy. Um, Any starting 49ers running back is going to put up decent fantasy points just because of the role and the way that particular system works. As far as the Rams are concerned, I like Stafford. Obviously, I like Cup. Akers seems to have taken back his role. Looks like he was on punishment week one, and now they're kind of divvying up between Henderson and Akers, and Akers is doing a little bit more with his opportunity. So we'll kind of see how that goes this week. I think Akers may get a little bit more of the snaps this week in comparison to Henderson. What's going to be interesting is Robinson because Robinson is in a in a prove-it mode right now for me. I don't want to sell him because I think I would get pennies on the dollar. And I don't want to start him because I just don't know if he's going to get the volume that's necessary to you know, maximize fantasy points, but he could very well get three targets for two touchdowns. I'm on the island right now as far as what to look at with Allen Robinson, but I don't want to give up on the guy this early in the season when they didn't do anything at all in preseason. They're kind of still in preseason mode if you would compare it to what we've seen in uh, yesterday. I would hope that I have somebody in a better matchup. I, like, if I had an option to get in uh, Hollins, for example, the Raiders wide receiver, I'd rather go get him and play him over Allen Robinson. Not because he's the better player, but I know the volume is going to be there. Uh, well, Allen Robinson is not, it's another situation where it's not the player more so than the offense. And I think they're really trying to find an identity Real between. Quick. Is that if Renfo doesn't play or just in general? 
just in general, but that it seems you know with all these what these uh the new nuances of these personnel, these thirteen personnels and these three wide receivers, a lot of people are viable and going to that point. Uh, even on the Rams, that kid uh Scorchick or Scorcherick or whatever, I'm butchering his name so bad. But the guy replacing Van Jefferson, of uh, we need somebody to kind of pivot uh, from, or if you need somebody to add off of waivers, he's been uh, playing. 88, 87, 85% of snaps, just as similar as the 82% Van Jefferson had last season. In a matchup, like you said, like that everybody knows everybody. He does have the upside of sneaking in the touchdown because we don't know where the coverage is going to be. I know Vander spoke a little bit to like no one trailing cup, but you never know. Down and distance are so much so many variables. I think this kid has a fair opportunity to catch at least three or four passes, get you a, a minimum of five to seven fantasy points. But again, he's more of an outlier, somebody that you can fill in the team and somebody definitely you can uh, put towards DFS. And that pretty much wraps up the show for today. We'll be back to you on Tuesday with the weekend review along with your waiver wire goal. Make sure that you follow or you subscribe just in case we get the episodes out early. What that does is it gives you the opportunity to kind of listen a little bit earlier, maybe put in those bids a little bit earlier, kind of get a feel for what's what for the coming week. In some cases, we're able to get things kind of finished up a little bit earlier than normal. So that's definitely added benefit for a follow. But if you have questions, comments, concerns, make sure you reach out to us on the social media sites. Shout out to my guy, Jose. I highlighted him on Facebook today. We were kind of going over his team a little bit. He made a little bit of a mistake. No worries. You're going to be able to recover. He dropped Chris Olave after he made a trade. He had to drop somebody. I think he had, uh, he still had Reynolds from Detroit on his team and he still had somebody else that uh yeah duvernay i, I would have dropped either one of them over olave but that's okay I, I do still like where duvernay's heading but definitely over reynolds you know hey it happens but reach out to us before you make those big decisions so that way we can kind of help you navigate that's what we're here for we're all a family here okay oh yeah good luck man it's time to get ready get ready for the second half of the season hey we're going into quarter number two Time to get right or get left. We out.